Good morning. Welcome to the Barnes Sunday Morning Services. Thank you so much for being with me. I am Jesse Lee Peterson. You can get involved by calling 1-800-411-2663, 1-800-411-BARN. You can also email me, church at barninfo.org, church at barninfo.org, and put your name in town, name in town, your emails. And good morning here again to everybody. Good morning. I appreciate everybody showing up. You know, I've come to realize that my church is not an easy thing to take. You know, it's, you really have to be ready for a change to come here. Um, or even hear me speak when I speak outside the church. And, uh, and I realize that a lot of folks are not really, really ready for truth. You know, they want to pretend that they are. They want to hear nice, soft words. They want to hear a sing, you know, they want a, a song and a dance. But they really, really, really don't want to hear the truth. And it's amazing to see that. It's absolutely amazing to see that. Even in my own family, and I'm not just talking about the folks that come here, but in my own family, folks just don't want to hear the truth. They love lies. And it's amazing how that is. You know, in, uh, in Hebrew uh, chapter 4, the Bible says that for the word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than a two-headed sword, uh, piercing even to the dividing asunder of souls of, the, of soul and spirit and of the joint and marrow and is a discerning discern of the thoughts and intent of the heart. And what I realized from that is that most people are being influenced and they don't know it. it. I would go as far as to say that 95% of the people in this country don't know that they are being influenced. And so when the truth come along, because they're so one with that, the wrong influence, it hurts to hear that truth. They get mad at the person that brings the truth. And it's just so interesting to see it. The Bible also says that we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against spirits and principalities and wickedness in high places. Everything we do is spiritual, but most people are not conscious of that. And the devil has played a trick like never before, well, I don't know about never before, but like not since I've been on earth. He's played a trick on the minds, the hearts and minds of the people. And it just is it, real, it's sad, not emotionally sad, but sad because so many people are living in hell on earth and they don't even know it. They, and then they're waiting to go to heaven. They're waiting till something else happened to them and thinking that life's going to get better. And before I give you examples of that, when, when I say that you are being influenced all the time, even in laughter, I have an employee who was self, well, a couple of them, so I have to say couple so they don't know who I'm talking about, <laughs> who is a real angry person, and they're in denial about their anger, and so they're constantly being influenced. And when they hear negative things about others and others say negative things about others, there's like a laughter that, when this person is telling the story, there's a laughter that comes with it. And I'm thinking, wow, that's so interesting to see that because you're not supposed to find joy in other people's misery. But when you're an angry person, you, you, you find joy in other people's misery. And, but they don't know that they'll be influenced because they are angry and cannot see. And that's a horrible way, unnecessary way to live. Um, I got some examples here, but do you, anybody here see how you're being influenced all the time? Either by good or evil, and most of the time by evil. Because you listen to evil most of the time. After a while, good just kind of shut down. As a matter of fact, the Bible says that the Holy Spirit leaves you. Your teacher, the good will leave you after a while and just let evil control you. Completely, if you don't see that you're being influenced. It's real important to see that. Uh, anybody here see yourself being influenced? You do. Oh, good. Um, Give me an example of you personally being influenced. Um, 
And the reason I'm asking because I don't want to just teach you about this stuff, but you won't get it that way. All you do, Satan play on your mind, and he'll cause you to repeat what I just said, and you'll think that you discovered it, and you haven't. So that's why I like to hear from you. Yes, ma'am. I don't know if this is influence, but I was talking to one of my friends, and a while back she was telling me she was... A little louder for me. A while back she was telling me she was in a relationship and how good it was and, and how he does all this and everything. And I was like, wow, you know, that seems like, you know, that seems nice. Like a little heaviness um, <clears throat> came yeah. out of me, right? Yeah. And then just this morning she called me at 3 o'clock and said they got in a fist fight. Yeah. And I was like, what? Like what happened to all this? You know, they was fighting and he... He threw her wig off and just everything just... just <laughs> <laughs> threw her wig off. <laughs> yeah. Just it's amazing how many women are wearing false hair nowadays. Uh, uh, Isn't that awful? <laughs> <laughs> Can you imagine picking a woman up at the club and then you go home and she take off his wig and it's not the same person? <laughs> or the next morning when you wake up, let's say she's not taking it off when you... <laughs> the next morning you wake up and you look over there Oh my God, who is this? The hair laying on the table. <laughs> oh, you have on one too? Yeah. Oh, God. But anyway, I'm sorry. Keep your wig on. No, I'm kidding. Go ahead. And so once you found out that they had this fight, was there like a sense of joy about that? No. So the enemy of. I was shocked. I was more. I'm trying to think that I have joy, but. The only part that made me laugh was when he took the wig off. That's the only thing I laughed at. But I was actually shocked. I was like, what? Like, it just, it, I was really shocked. Yeah. Actually. But the influence was the jealousy that you felt when she was saying how nice the relationship yeah, was. Yeah, yeah. It, it, it didn't feel like jealousy, like a, I didn't feel hateful, though. Because usually jealousy is like a <clears throat> what, nasty. And, what did the envy feel like? What, what, I didn't, I mean, I don't know if it was envy or like was I felt it? something, but it wasn't like a really a jealousy, like, yeah. you know, it, I don't know, it was something though, yeah. I felt something. And those are the type of types of things you need to watch, Yeah. because they are happening all, all, all the time with every, every, every situation, every situation. You could decide that you want to eat a certain type of meal and the influence will come to tell you to eat something else. He, he does that? Oh, you do that? Give me an example. Of what eat? Oh, I'm, I used to eat healthy, now I eat whatever I want. <laughs> now you eat whatever it tells you to eat. Right. Yeah, and it comes, it comes like a thought, and it looks like you're making that decision. But you're not. Have you noticed you're not making that decision? About... Food. About eating whatever you want, yeah. I just give into it. Give into what? Because I used to be do be super healthy. Now I just eat whatever I want. And so when you say I just give into it, what is it that you're giving into? Anything I want to eat. So are you giving into the thoughts about what you want to eat, or, or because something has to tell you that this is what you want to eat? Mm, yeah, just whatever I feel like tasting. Yeah, I understand that. Once you let go like that, it's hard to come back. And then you get mad at about letting go. Like, well, I used to be healthy, I had a great body, I did well. And now I'm eating all this stuff and I hate myself. You know what I'm saying? And that just makes it worse. Have you noticed that? Well, I try to work out, though. <laughs> yeah, I understand. Yes, ma'am? I was going to say, sometimes um, I, I give into the need to cut other people down because, yeah. you know, like, I don't even know where it comes from. Someone can be doing something, I'll, like, have to undermine, I mean, I say it out loud, I mean, I always think it, but I have to undermine what they're doing because I feel some sort of competition against their successes versus my successes and that. Yes. And that's wrong. And, and what you don't see, though, is not you. It's this thing talking to you, making you feel that way because you are a, an aggressive go get a you know driven kind of person and you get a sense of uh of and a reward from that you know it makes you feel good knowing you're so successful you 
go get it, and somebody else come up and do the same thing. It's like this thing would tell you, you know, don't, you know, don't let them, don't help them out, don't praise them, you know, don't let it be, you know, make it seem not so important. And I have to fight that with my friends, especially because you'll hear <laughs> and you'll say, you know, I was thinking the other day that a good friend of mine who does exactly what I do, and when I, I physically, I make myself. She's very good at what she does. My inclination is to be negative about it. Yeah. And I have to fight it and go, no, she's really good at this. And there's yeah. no reason I shouldn't be able to say that she's very, very good at what she does. That's right. But there was inclination, and I could see you literally fighting it to say, to me like, oh, to undermine her, to say, or to say to people, no, she's, you know, she's, she's amazing. That's hard for me to say sometimes. Isn't that amazing? True. Yeah. Here you are wanting to say and do the right thing, treat this person right. And it won't let you try hard to prevent you from just wishing this person well because they're doing a good job. It won't let you because you're not, if, once you become familiar with this thing, then it, ha, it loses control of you after a while. You'll notice that it'll come, but it'll be very mild and very light and have no influence. But if you don't see what's going on, it gets stronger and stronger because it makes you do it anyway. And let's say that. You don't say a nice thing about her, but it'll make you, in your heart, feel jealous and negative toward her, not wishing her well, right. and that all will come back on you. It'll just mess up your life. You'll see your life falling apart after a while because you're not wishing another person well. And I, I can see it's wrong, but I see it and I don't, I don't like it. It's an uncomfortable feeling. Yeah. But it feels like you're fighting against something to, to do the right thing versus doing the wrong thing. Isn't that amazing? Yeah. That's why we should be angry at ourselves. Once you see that it's not you, it's the thing that has made a home inside of you, and that you're being influenced. Even with good, when you finally get a hold of this thing, and you start operating from good, good will influence you too. Just like evil does, just like the lie does. But, and so, like right now, good is kind of stashed away somewhere. Once in a while, you can come up with good. And so evil is, is, you know, predominant, predominant in your life. But that would change once you start watching it. It will, really will change by itself. It's amazing to me, absolutely amazing. It's just absolutely amazing to me. Because I see how evil does with me and try to tell me, try to tell me things about folks. I can look at a person, just look at them, and it started talking to me about that person. And then it's not none of what it's saying is true. But if you're not if you're not disconnected from it, it controls you. Yes, sir. Oh, you know what? I've never thought about that question before. But you know, sitting here thinking, yesterday, uh, Casey had a softball game, and so I think they played like three or four games. They won two of them. Yeah. And they lost the last one. And you know, kids, you know, crying. You see some of the kids crying, and then the parents run over there and they're hugging them. And I'm taking, as I'm taking steps over there with the parents, I'm like, what am I doing? <laughs> That's it's right. It's just a game. It's just a game. And then Casey came to me, you know, I, if I had gone over there, I know she would have, you know, faked the crowd. You know, yeah. she would have came out. <laughs> because everybody else crying. Right. So she came over to me and, um, I said, I said, you better not come over here crying, <laughs> you know, real loud. That's right. <laughs> and then one of the parents said, you know, Casey doesn't ever cry, you know, because she's been playing and all this stuff. And I said, yeah, no, she doesn't because, you know, it's just, it's not that serious. That's right. Put that ball down and yeah, go home. I and... felt myself like, oh, I ought to go over there. Right. You know, I saw myself doing it. I'm like, wait a minute. What? It's just the game. <laughs> You get caught up with the other mothers and right. other people. Right, and I, I noticed if I had to follow through with the influence of the other parents, Casey would have done it with the kids. And it would have weakened her. That moment of weakness would have weak, weakened her and right. changed her life. Right. She'll find herself doing it more and a little more and a little more. And then next thing, she's a crybaby. Right. And then you can't say certain things to her, she'll cry. Mm -hmm. You can't look at her in a certain way, she'll cry. But that's how evil works. If I had cried over losing a game, I used to run track. I couldn't even imagine going home crying about if I had lost. I would have gotten a woman yeah. that would last forever. Was, <laughs> I mean, they were like, boo, crying. Like. That's so ridiculous. But that's the parents setting their kids up. But because they don't know that they're being influenced. Right. Yes, sir. 
I just thought of an interesting. Well, what about like an Olympic athlete? How they cry when it when they when they lose? Let's say um, at the highest level. What do you yeah. think about that? I looked at myself. How dumb are these people? Okay. They have made that more important than doing what's right in life. physical things are not that important. They come and go. You're a winner today. You're first today and, and second tomorrow. And if you have made first be so important to you. It be, you become depressed, you feel like a loser, you feel like whatever. But if you know things are constantly changing and I'm not getting my identity from the things I do, then you don't feel like first or second or third. You take whatever it is. It is what it is, but these people are identifying with it. I know people who are in the media a lot, and the media is constantly changing. And when they can't be in the media when they want to, they feel like depressed. They trip out, they create things, they make up lies, anything to get them back in the media because their ego is hurt, hurting from not being seen. And they don't see how they're being, they have identified with that. But things are always changing. You could be in love today and be in hate tomorrow. It's like she was saying about her friend, call up and say, oh, I got this great boyfriend. He's so wonderful. He's so good. And, and then the next morning, they fighting so much a week. Threw her wig off. <laughs> these are, the Bible talks about how things of the earth are here today and gone tomorrow. That's why you shouldn't identify with anything, no person, no place, no thing, because it's constantly changing. And you will trip out, and you have to go to a, a depressed doctor and, and take a depressed pill. And the doctor had me coming back four and five times a month at $500 a visit, and just one thing to another. Yes? So do you think it's possible to be the best? Because we're supposed to, I think we're called to excellence. That's as far as I understand in Christianity. We're called to be excellent in what we do. Right. And so That's to, be, a very good point. to be excellent in what we do, you have to really be invested. And one of the most valuable things that we have is our emotions. And, you know, emotions lead to, you know, crying. That's right. what emotions are about. When you care about something, some thinking, is there some area where, you know, you're trying to be excellent, that it's okay to, you know, be in your estimation, your understanding, the... That's why I gave the example of excellence, you know, Olympic, or, you know, there's even boxers that cry when they lose. Right. They're like ultimate. Man, you're saying a lot and a lot of good stuff. So you're a Christian. I'm a Christian, yeah. Right. And you've been taught that one of the most valuable things you have is your emotion. Yeah. And who taught you that? I don't know. <laughs> But I've heard that too. I think you can't operate without them intact. So you know you have to watch over them. So they have to be the most valuable. If they, if they, if you can't operate without them. You cannot operate without your valuable emotions. Yeah, without the you watching over your emotions. And do you cry? Do I cry? No. Do you cry? Have I cried? Yeah. Do I cry? Yeah. You I do. In front of people? No. Not in front of people. No. <laughs> I don't blame you, buddy. Yeah. Uh, and, and what can make you cry? What can make me cry? Yeah. Uh, uh, probably relationship things. Not not for a long, long time, but yeah. but yeah, that's that that that's probably the only thing. You cry over your girlfriend? It, a long time ago. Yeah, that's right. Make that's it real way thing. back then. That's right. Years I used to ago. do the same thing. Years ago. If I ever cry again over a woman, you yeah. shoot me. Okay. Uh, I give you permission. <laughs> 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 because I've lost my mind. <laughs> when you hear that your emotion is one of the most valuable things that you have, what goes through your mind? Uh, I know what he's talking about, and mm -hmm. I know I remember when I went through that, and I know how off it is. It's yeah. not. It's it's the opposite. Yeah. Because I think about like when I was in college, and I remember talking to you about how hard a time I was having not getting caught up in that 
competitive greed, that emotional kind of negativity that they teach you in business school. Yeah. Like yeah. this fight to the death, everyone's competitive, you can't have friends, you gotta be the best no matter what. And how I was felt like I was losing my identity yeah. in being a part of that and how I and how how could I keep myself but still thrive in this environment and being emotional will sweep you up in it staying back and looking at it and seeing what it is and still staying true to yourself allows you to exist but not be controlled by it. Yes. And if you're an athlete, and I played sports for a very long time, if you're right. an athlete, if your emotions get the best of you, then you can't be your best. You, it's Because it's so much of, of, of playing sports is physical, but it's a mental game first. So if you lose control of your emotions, then you absolutely can't be, you can't be great. You have yeah. to be able to separate yourself from that situation, perform, and then if you give in because you lose, then you one, you've judged yourself, which is wrong. Right. And two, you've, you've weakened, you know, you've given into that thing and that thing starts to control you and it's a downward yes. spiral. I tell you, whoever told you that lie to you, they set you up for just suffer the rest of your life. That type of emotion, or those types of emotions are worse than you You do not, do not want that. You want to overcome that. By the time you're my age, if you're still like that, you're just gonna be an old hag. Your wife's gonna hate you, your kids are gonna hate you, you're gonna hate you, and all your friends are gonna be laughing at you. You need to let, let that go immediately. You don't need the, those type, types of emotions to thrive in life. Right. You really let, have to let, to be, as you said, to be excellent. Well, just, you would never be excellent with those type of emotions. Just so I can add, add my own experience, which is very similar to um, her, um, her experience, yes. your experience. Yes. And it's um, actually come from um, a background of boxing, like um, even at the professional level, yeah. you know, to that level. So I'm very familiar with, um, you know, that competing in that sort of, in, uh, you know, aspect. Right. And so that's super competitive. And uh, so I was just wondering if there could, because my pastor said that, because I wanted to be a pro boxer. I went to college and I graduated, but then I wanted to do pro boxing. Yes. So I, I was going to pursue that, and I asked my pastor of Calvary Chapel, Pasadena, Xavier Reese, I asked him, what do you, he's an ex, um, you know, he's like in the Kung Fu. And so I knew what, what kind of answer I was going to get. I said, what do you think about pro boxing? Do you think it's okay? Because she didn't want me to do it. And we're married. And oh, that's your wife? Yeah. Oh, you guys are married? Yeah. Oh, good. How long have you been married? Four years. Uh, yeah, okay. four years. And so then I wanted to do it. She didn't want me to do it. And so I asked him after church, and I knew he was an ex, so I was basically looking for the answer. And right. he said, so as long as you do it, um, you know, you follow the rules, and you are able to provide for your family. That was, that was his answer to that. But yeah, I mean, I see your, I see your point of view, but obviously I'm, I'm messed up then if that's, those are, you know, that's a highly, you know. But because I understand how to operate, you know, anger will, you know, get you knocked out, basically. Yeah, that's and, right. You know, you start throwing wider punches, and uh, and it, it, things go, you know, don't don't you lose your breathing gets weird, your emotions, your, your actually yeah. your emotions steal everything from you. That's right. So I understand all that, but I mean, yeah. there's got to be like a equilibrium where you're where you're sharpened. The best way to be the best boxer is don't let that be primary in your life. Let it be secondary. Primary is overcoming your anger, being a, a, a righteous person, a right person. Right. So you can do the right thing, uh, living from within. And then whatever you do, you'll do it good. And when it's over, you can walk away from it and want to fat you either way. I understand that. That's what needs to happen. Uh, are you still boxing? You're not doing it at all now? <clears throat> the odd part is that I, I never wanted to be a boxer, and I don't like boxing. I never talk about boxing. Oh, okay. I'm, I'm more, but I'm good at it. And uh, so. so you're not doing it now? I'm not into it. I'm gonna. I do accounting. I'm oh, okay. I majored in finance. So you don't boss at all? Nope. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yes, ma'am. Oh no, never yeah. mind. 
Um, and so are you happy being away from it? Yeah. You are? Yeah, I don't think it's a good thing. Are you happy being away from it? Yeah. And so is this because you see it that way or did others convince you of that? Uh, my, my life's pretty convoluted, so I never, I did it to, you know, God used it to give me discipline. And then uh, I never envisioned myself doing it. So I went to USC, I graduated from USC with a finance degree. And then after that, I had some problems, so I went back to it. And that's really my story. So that's why I had to go back and forth. Right. And so the, um, the, the subject today is how did, how did they know to do that? And I'll tell you a little bit more about why I came up with that, because of this influence thing. People don't know that they're being influenced. So are you away from Boston because you decide that, hey, I, I really just don't want to do this. I can walk away from it, or were you influenced to leave it? It was influenced both to do it and to walk away. Oh, so you didn't, you didn't have anything to do with it either way? I didn't want to just go into it, and I didn't want to get out of it once <laughs> I was in it. Yeah, that's a terrible way to live. To be honest. Yeah. It was a, I used to run track, and, and I was good at it. I, I ran the 50-yard uh, dash, yeah. and then uh, the mile uh, run, and the 440 relay. And I used to like it when I would come in last, and people applauded, right? You know, like on the relay team, they yeah. put me laughing because I was the fastest, right? Or on the 50-yard dash, I'd really go for it. And I was just there. And then I, I was like really liking it when the people was like really liking me for being good at that. Mm -hmm. And then one day I got some fluid on my knee, and my knee started hurting when I would run. And the uh, school doctor told me that uh, they had to put a needle in my knee because I had liquid on my knee, fluid on my knee. And they had to put this long needle, and they showed me this needle. And I said, you know what, forget about track. <laughs> I, would, I walked away from track and never thought about it again. If had, had it been that important to me, I would have had to take the needle. But it wasn't that important. It, I just, I hated needles anyway, but, <laughs> but it wasn't that important. Well, I would, I would take a needle in my knee. And so that's why I asked about your, your boxing. Right. Even though others around you care about you, they don't want you to do it. I'm sure your wife don't want your brains knocked out. Right. I think people who box have issues anyway, because how would you want somebody to knock upside your head? <laughs> and then you end up like that guy, uh, what's that black guy named? That's what, the one that, uh, yeah, the, uh, the traitor to his country. Muhammad Ali. Yeah, see, everybody knew who I'm talking about. You end up like him. He's, now he doesn't even know he's here, I guess. There's worse people than him. I've seen them. I went to a boxing Hall of Fame dinner, and it was it's pretty scary. It's worse than that. They're, they're, so it's not like best career to go into. Up, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah, I know that. Yeah. Um, yes. Okay, you had to get it Oh, yeah. You know what? I hear people say a lot that they can control their emotions. Yes. So if we're not supposed to really have oh. emotions or, I guess, take them that seriously, how do we believe that we can control them? Are we supposed yep. to have emotions or just not the type? Not the type that human being has. You're not supposed to have that kind of emotion. Let me give you a good example of, of what that type of emotion can do to you. Um, I was in uh, what was I? I think I was in New York a couple months ago, and while there, uh, I was asked to counsel this family, and in the family. Uh, they had like four or five boys and two daughters uh, in this family, right? And the daughters uh, hate men. They absolutely hate men. The daughters believe that all men are molesters. They do. They absolutely they trust no man, right? They believe that all men are molesters. And I was, uh, we talked about the situation. And not only had they not heard this while in college, you know, they hear in the women groups and things like that. And so, but I couldn't figure out why they were so into it. They really believe it, especially having that many brothers. And they say they love and trust their brothers, right? And then come to find out that the mother years ago had influenced them in that way. Telling them that, you know, the mother would, 
look at men in situations and, and be influenced that that man is a molester. And then she would tell that to her daughters, you know, and the daughters hear this growing up, and now the daughters are taking it to the extreme. And so I found out from the mother that she told them that. She influenced them. That's how they were more influenced by the mother than they were by the school. So I asked the mother, why would she? And she's sitting back like a, like a narcissistic mother. You know what a narcissistic mother is? You ever heard of that? There's an organization called, what is it, Kelly? Daughters of Narcissistic Mothers. Yeah, Daughters of Narcissistic Mothers. And we all had them. <laughs> or got one. And she said, well, she's sitting in the room not really saying anything. So I didn't really realize it, the involvement she had had in this area with their life. So I asked her, I said, why would you influence your daughters that way? Because I asked her, I said, did you have any proof at all that these men molested anybody? She's like, no. I just looked at them and I can tell. I just looked at their interaction with other people and I can tell. And she's been influenced and not knowing. And she's passing this wickedness on to her children, right? I said, so what made you do that? She said, well, when I was young, somebody molested me or something like that. And that's why she's doing that. So she was molested. Her hatred of the molester is still wearing on her mind and controlling her. And because she resented, every man looked like a molester. And she's passed that on to her daughters. And now they have an unhappy life. And they think that those ideas uh, about men or that idea about men are their ideas. They believe that they really see what they see and they don't see it. They're being influenced now by evil, and it looked real to them, and they're very emotional about it. Emotions, what you need, you don't need emotions. You need love and compassion. The greatest thing that you can have is love and compassion because love and compassion is not attached to how you feel. It is attached to what is right. It is not based on how you feel, not at all. And if you don't wake up to this influence that you're having, you, you're going to die. You're, gonna, you just, you're, just gonna have, you're not going to have good relationships. You're not going to have good friendships. You're not going to have good employeeships. You're not going to have a good familyship. If you rely on that kind of emotion, that, that human being kind of emotion is wickedness. There is no love in that at all. And that's why evil is able to influence you from within. I'm going to use this example, and I only want to use it because I love these people, and, and, the, and these people are not here in the building. They're way over yonder, but watch how your mind going to try to work on you. I know this, um, and I heard this this week, I couldn't believe, and I've been thinking about this a lot, and I realized it's, it's the wrong kind of influence. And I'm only using it because these people are not the only one who are doing this. All right, I'm just talking about influence today. And I got some other examples that what the politicians are doing to, to you and what your leaders are doing to you too that I wrote down because I wanted to mention this today. Our battle is a battle between good and evil. I'm telling you. And you're always, if you're not born again, if you have not overcome anger, you're always influenced by evil and, and, and more evil than good. Because good can't really influence you. It comes and try to, it comes and try to influence you, but you won't let it because you, you know, you have this anger or resentment, you have these emotions. So evil can't, I mean, good can't get you past because you won't let the emotion go. I, I know this lady who is uh, an alcoholic, and she's she's trying to overcome it. She happened to be a good woman. I, I know that. She's I like her. She's trying to do the best that she can do. And, and I'm only using this to help, really. Uh, this woman can't drive. They put this, this little thing on her car so she can't drive when she's drunk, when she's been, you know, drinking. You know, she can't drive, right? And so somehow or another, the car knows that you're drunk. I think you have to blow into something. What, however, you ever heard of that kind of stuff? Oh, yeah. yeah. When you were alcoholic, you had one on your car? 
<laughs> well, let's just say I knew people who had that. No, I'm kidding. I <laughs> and so what this lady's parents are doing, are doing is letting the lady drive their car. And, and, but the influence is, well, they don't drive the car. If she can't drive my car, then she can't go to work. But I'm saying, if the person is an alcoholic, you put the gadget on the car to try to help save your life, keep the person out the car, why would you give them your car? Because they're going to go and drink. But, but the influence is the devil saying, well, they got to go to work. You know what I'm saying? That's the devil. Uh, or, or I don't want anyone to see them like that, you know, certain people. But see, that influence is coming from evil, and this person is going to end up killing himself in somebody else's car. Instead of feeling the pain of losing even more, losing a job or losing whatever, because that kind of pain may wake them up. Eventually, you get into your car and you can't go to work or you lose yet another job. That pain can wake you up because that pain will say, you know what, you're making a fool out of yourself. How, old, how long will it take for you to wake up? But if somebody else is going to give me an easy way out, how would I wake up? What's the purpose of putting the thing on the car? But it, these parents don't know that they're being influenced. Satan is giving them other reasons to keep this person down to help them destroy their lives. Am I, anybody see me being wrong on this? Oh, you see me as being wrong? Oh, okay. Nobody? What do you think about that, Kelly? Am I wrong on that influence thing? You're not wrong because the way to overcome things in life is to realize you're wrong. And a lot of time, the only way that can happen is if you get an immense feeling of shame. But something really yes. has to be in place for it to get to that point. And it's not, it's not realistic. That's why we have shame. Shame is supposed to embarrass us to crowd you guys. You know what? I'm stupid here. You know, but if you take away the shame... There's nothing to make you cry out to God. You take away the pain. It's like taking a pill. You feel depressed, you take a pill, you don't feel depressed anymore, you're still depressed. You just don't feel it. And so it lasts longer because you don't look at yourself to see I'm wrong here. You know, I, I, when I was weak, I was so weak, I was just absolutely pathetic. And thank God I didn't know about the pills and there was nobody around to keep me from feeling my pain. So that's what made me really look at myself and get better. I didn't have some outside influence helping me to stay in that condition. What do you think about that, Christine? Am I wrong in this? I'm, I'm not exactly sure which question are you talking about. These parents? Or? Yeah, the parents, uh, they don't realize they're being influenced and they're keeping their daughter in hell. Um, no, and they're putting themselves in a tremendously risky situation because they crash their car. Yeah. The people are coming after them. They're not coming after the kid. And the woman may die and the car is messed up and the, and the parents are in trouble. But, but most, what most, I think the most important thing about it is that uh, the, the daughter is never going to be able to feel that deep pain of being wrong so they can repent and get better. Uh, God will let you end up on skid row. Here rolls a homeless shelter downtown LA. He will let you end up there. He's not going to give you any emotional love. You just sit there and look. He and Jesus have cafe mocha on Sunday morning, and they turn on the big screen. They see downtown. They see all these Christians downtown on drugs and alcohol and nasty and stinking, all in the name of Jesus. He is. He won't do anything. He'll let you just be there until you cry out for him instead of crying out for the drugs or crying out for mama's love or anything else. And that's what I love, one of the things I love about him. And you're supposed to let people suffer, even your own children. You're not God, you can't save anybody. In relationships, let your husband be weak and don't mama him. Don't mama your husband, let him be weak. Don't hate him, but don't mother him. He doesn't need another mother. That makes sense? Yep. But the influence is there, and people don't know it. They don't know that evil is causing them to do that because it feels so much like you, and it feels like your thoughts. It feels like you're thinking this. Okay, let me do this. I'm going to take 
Patrick Evan here. Yes. I've noticed a number of situations lately where I've been influenced by evil. Yes. And uh, a few things were interesting about it in that it didn't, there are situations where they don't seem like they're obvious sin, so to speak. Yeah. Like it's not like, uh, you know, I'm going to go out and get drunk or I'm going to go kill somebody or something. There are situations where I took actions that, you know, are normal life situations that you wouldn't necessarily think are bad, but they were the wrong decisions. Yes. And a few things happened. Um, one thing that didn't happen is I didn't sit down in prayer and all of a sudden getting a lightning bolt from God saying, you're making a fool of yourself. Um, there were no sharp consciousness things that came and say you're going the wrong way. Yes. Um, it's more like when you're doing them, you have to be really aware of why you're taking these particular actions. What are What's driving you to do it? Um, one of them was a dream. You know, this man was talking about uh, being in boxing and so forth. And there was a, some dream that I thought I had as something I wanted to do. And it made me waste money, waste time, make a fool of myself. And um, other things were, you know, situations at work, situations and other things that I wasn't trying to do something wrong or hurt anybody else or whatever, but I wasn't thinking clearly. Yeah. It's like Christine was saying about the person who allows their car to be used. If they're thinking clearly, that alone should stop. Yes. Because if you're really clearly walking around with your eyes open, you're not going to whether you care about the person or not. If you care about yourself and your insurance, you don't want to go to jail. You That's enough give, to stop. You wouldn't give the car away. Yep. So there's something I've been realizing about myself that I'm just not been aware enough. Yes. And um, you can really kind of fool yourself, but you have to really watch what I, I can't realize that. Yeah, I really had to watch what I'm thinking. You know, thoughts that are going to my head, what's driving, what's making me want to do these things, and just be, pay attention. That's right. You can't just sit in your meditation chair, and just because God isn't hitting you in the top of the forehead with something right at that moment, it doesn't mean that you're not doing other things in your life that are wrong. And even without the insurance thing, the fact that you put a device on her car to prevent her from driving when she, you know, if she's been drinking, why would you let her, let, I mean, just take the device off the car? Because they're going to get a car anyway. Why waste money on the device? You know what I'm saying? I mean, even that alone, even if you don't have insurance, it just doesn't make sense. You're going to go around the car thing. Right. You know, uh, let me take this young lady in our country. Um, Andre is asking if the needle influenced you to stop tracking. The scare of needle influenced you to stop. That's a very good question. Probably so. Yes, it did. Not promise, like I hate needles. But the point was, even though I, I, I liked the, you know, the, the joy that came from running and how people praised me for it, it wasn't so important to me that I would take the needle. Oh. I was able to let it go and move on. Oh. And but yes, the needle did. Yes, Andre. <laughs> the needle influenced it. <laughs> and also, um, the worst thing about these um, people that drink, they never get killed, but they kill. Yeah. That, That's right. For sure. That's I've a good point. A couple of points on the news that people who are drunk, they don't get killed. They don't <laughs> die. They kill Maybe they're too drunk people. to die. Yeah. Because when you're yeah. drunk, you're relaxed and nothing matters anyhow. And so if nothing matters, you're not going to die. Ain't that something? <laughs> <laughs> Some of the most healthy people on earth are alcoholics. They don't get sick, they don't get cold. Francisco reminded me of that. They don't, the people don't see it. No, not that he was drunk, but he would tell me about, <laughs> he would tell me about how alcoholics don't get sick. They don't even go to the doctor. They don't get flus. And they live outside. The alcohol I want to give you some more influences. Um, and this, that's when I wrote the title, how did they know to do that? <laughs> this thing with George Zimmerman and Trayvon Martin, um, I want to give you an example of evil at work. The one thing they did was one of the networks, NBC or somebody, uh, edited the tape of uh, the 911 call where the operator asked George, is it a black person, white person, or Hispanic? 
and, and, and they edit that, the question out, and all you hear George saying, it's a black person, right? And so they edit that tape so they can give us the wrong impression to get a certain reaction from us. Isn't that something? Yes. And we, we reacted to that. I didn't, but most people did. They reacted to that not knowing that the tape had been edited, right? But my question is, when that person went into the editing room to edit the tape, what influenced them to take out that part of the thing? And why would they do it? You know what I'm saying? And that person or, or those people, who, whomever did that, don't realize that they're being influenced by evil. Because a right person, a righteous person, would not have gone into an editing room. They said the person got fired later. Excuse me. But a righteous person would not have gone into an editing room with a, with a major network and taken that out. So it could give another impression to the people. But they don't know that they're being influenced by evil. And if you notice, that's not being talked about. They don't say, well, whomever did this is an evil person. They just move on to the next subject. Oh, someone edited the tape. Okay, fine. It's fine. But they don't, they don't point out how evil is influencing their lives, the life of that. Isn't that amazing? The people who did that are evil. And even, that's why I want you to know not only in these small ways that you're being influenced by evil, but in the world out there too, in a big way. And you'll find yourself caught up with the crowd, uh, ready to burn down the city, not knowing you're being influenced outwardly and inwardly by evil. This is why you got to overcome, you don't have to, you got to overcome your emotions. Men who are emotions, emotional are women. And an emotional man isn't worth a dime. And then women who are emotional are being influenced too by the wrong spirit. And an emotional woman isn't worth a dime. She's a headache. And so if you've got an emotional man and an emotional, an emotional woman together, you've got all hell right there in that family. There's no love. There's, but they'll call it love. But why are you doing me this way? I'm doing it because I love you. No, you don't. An emotional person don't have love. They have hell love but not heavenly love. They're not a compassionate person. That makes sense? Anybody disagree with that? You can disagree. That's what we're here for, the fellowship. Yes, Ozzy, go ahead. You had your hand in. Well, that was the quick conversation we had earlier about the lady with the um, item on her car. Yes. Now, I want to ask the question. <laughs> Could she go, when they put it on her car, if she's not drinking, she's okay, right? The car takes off. So why could she go to work and that her car, instead of her friend letting her car to her, I don't understand that. She's drunk. Well, Some to more. me. She's already drunk. I understand what you're saying, but to me, at the time, she's not drinking. She, she woke up this morning and she, get, she went to work. She oh, drunk. why couldn't she take yeah. her own car? Why couldn't she take her oh. own car? She's not That's a, a good drinking. question. Apparently, yeah. there was something wrong with the device. They say the device had some issues, need repair, and so they let. Uh, that was one of the reasons they let them use the car. But I would not have allowed her to use the car either. I wouldn't let them use my car either. Right. I call in sick take until you get the car. No, right. Or take her and drop her off or something. Yeah. Sometimes people who are like that, they get drunk at break time, and they get drunk at lunch, and on the way home, they get drunk. You yeah, because it, the bottom, the thing is talking to you. You can wake up drunk, too. Yeah, that's right. Let me give you another example of being influenced. Oh, let me tell you this. One thing I noticed about Satan, about Eva, because we're talking about Satan. If you pay attention to your, your thoughts, he's always trying to influence you with something. Always talking to you about something. He never lets up. Have you noticed that? About something, about just anything. I, uh, I had told my uh, engineer to get two mics, you know, so we have one on this side of the room, one on that side. That way you could hear it on camera better. And so I'm getting dressed this morning. All of a sudden, say, say we're right about this one. <laughs> he said, 
He said, your engineer did not get the, get the, uh, the mics. And I knew Satan was right, but what Satan wanted to do was make me have a conversation with him about it so that I could become irritated within myself about it. I could become judgmental because he took this, this person is known not to follow through, right? And uh, so Satan took a true fact, but it wasn't for the good. It was to make me irritable and mess up my life, make me judgmental of that person. I'm like, wow, see, you something else. <laughs> it's so funny, yes. You are something else, boy. And that's what he wanted to do. And when I got here, lo and behold, <laughs> there were no new mics, right? And I just, okay, it is what it is. I told them, have it next week. I, I can't, you can't be relied on, but have it next week. We'll fire you and do something. But he wanted to upset me and mess up my world by making me judge that person. That's what the, he took some truth to use against me. To, and, and just, he talked to me about, I'm getting dressed in the mirror, and he's talking to me. I can hear. He gave me some images of past things that this person have not done. I'm, it's weird, like, oh, they're the person there. <laughs> Hi, Satan, son. <laughs> And so I'm getting dressed, and Satan is literally talking to me, having a conversation. Have you ever watched Satan have a conversation with you about little truth? Yes. About truth? But he's not doing that to help you. He, Satan is doing that to hurt you, to cause you to become angry and judgmental. And he will give you some truth to use against you. And you need to watch that too. Because you'll say, oh, well, that did happen. That is true. But it's not for your good. Yes. It's like with my oh, husband. I you, when I when I know when I know he didn't do something, and I know he never does it. Yes. Why do I still get mad even though I know he's not doing? He didn't do it. Like why am I still getting angry about it? That's right. It's like because well, you don't. Why am I even mad? I know he didn't do it, so I should just move on. But I decided to get angry about it, and it's silly because I know it's not the case. I hear a lot of Christians say, "Oh Lord, that old man made me mad this morning. I had to cuss him out before I got to church." <laughs> but you're not supposed to do that. If you don't judge, you stay calm in your inner world. There's another reality within all of us. The kingdom of heaven is within, right? And Satan constantly want to upset that kingdom. And so he will give you some truth to upset that kingdom. But if you don't judge, if you watch this voice and don't give in to it, you'll stay calm and the situation will work out anyway. It'll work itself out. But he wants to destroy you. And he will give you some truth to destroy you if you don't recognize his voice and know that his voice is against you. Isn't that like some deep stuff? Yes. If you can understand this about life, you can live. If you can understand what's going on, I hear people say, oh, I live from within. No, you don't. <laughs> it's just cute to say. They do, you can make them mad just like that. They lose it over in a little thing. They are not living from within. They're lying to you. When you truly start living from within, I'm telling you, these things will come to pass for you. But Satan had me because he, 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 I'm serious, he, and I could just hear him. He was just talking. It sounded like my voice. It looked like I was telling me that. That was weird about it, too. Yes, sir. Yeah, but I, but I noticed, but I also noticed, you know, for instance, you just look at people or whatever. What the thought that comes to mind, or how shall I say this? Evil will make the thought that hits you most acceptable to you and most believable to you. Yes. So that you think it's you. But it's the you, problem it's is. You doing, it's you judging the person. It's you condemning or whatever, whatever happens right. to be going on in your head. Satan will make you judge, as John is saying. He will make you condemn, and then he'll make you feel guilty about doing it. Then you want to take a pill or jump off the bridge. But this, I want you to watch this thing because it's so real. It's not an illusion. It is real. And it's hurting families. It's hurting people. The government is using it against you. Uh, your, your, your leader. This is why God doesn't want us to have leaders because they're using it against you too. And uh, we run out of time. Yeah, go ahead. 
I can do it after if you want to. No, go ahead. Well, yeah, I mean, I, I think I was going to say, too, yeah, it's in your own voice, which is really, it's literally talking to you as if it's in your head. Yeah. And uh, I, I completely can relate to that. <laughs> and I have a quick comment, too, or just a question, really. You know, you've talked a lot about, like, letting go yeah. and, as an individual. And so, really, it's not our fight, is, is what you said. It's not our battle. That's right. And it's a battle between... God and Satan. Yes. And so, can you speak to when this is literally because I, I I know exactly what you're talking about when you're talking about that voice in your head. Yeah. What do you do in that moment? And in Good terms question. of not identifying with it, but knowing like, oh my God, you're literally in the middle of something. I'm telling you this morning. Perfect question. I'm getting dressed, and Steve reminded me that this engineer will not have those mics. And then he started reminding me of how they never come, not never, but most of the time they don't come through, right? And I'm standing there and getting dressed, and I hear him, who sound like me, in my head. But because I practice being aware of that now, all I did was watch it. I just watched, I waited, even though I'm pretty much sure they weren't, were not gonna have the mics, but I still watched what he was telling me and not believe it, just let it pass. Just watch it. All you have to do is watch your imagination. Watch those thoughts. There's really nothing else you can do about it. Because if you attempt to do anything about it, you're going to lose, and you give it more authority. If you get mad about it, if you get glad about it, if you're anything, all you need to do is watch it. And it loses authority over you. you God has separated you from the darkness of your imagination, and you're now watching it. And it has no power. And then you, you will grow in that. You'll grow in the light. Because we all have the light in us. I don't know about everybody, but most of us do. It's in us, right? And you'll find yourself growing in the light if you don't listen to the darkness. And I don't care how, this thing was sounding like me, and my head was filled with voices telling me everything this person has done in the past. They just wanted me to be mad. And all you can do is just watch it. That's all you can do. And it's going to be, if you're not free from it, it will be painful because the ego will hurt from it, because the ego loves judging. But if you just watch it, God will save you from it. He really, really will. Observation is what you want to do. Real fast, Pat. I was going to say, Satan didn't necessarily know what was going to happen. He just took a guess based on, no. the, on the odds. That's right. right. He didn't know what the outcome would be. Mm -hmm. But he would have rejoiced had I gotten mad. Mm -hmm. Yes? No. What if you get in a situation where you get upset and then you realize, I need to watch, you know, Satan starts to tell you or you start judging a person? Do you, is Good it too question. late to watch it? Or? No. Let's say you get mad. Satan tell you something, right? You get mad and uh, you find yourself angry. Just calm down. Just, start, just watch what you've been angry about. Watch the influence that he's, these influences that he's giving you. And you, it'll change. You'll calm down by yourself. Just once you stop, you're mad, just come, just watch it. Wow, I'm really mad, I'm angry, you know, just watch it. It'll change by itself. Okay. And then you get stronger. You become, because we have, that's enough, that's the, there's a real us inside of here. We have a bit of God's nature inside of us. We have the light within, but it's, it's being covered over or covered up with the darkness. Because every time you overreact to a situation, you go, you go deeper into darkness. And then you're influenced even more so. Every time you overreact, you go deeper into darkness. That's why God said, be still and know the truth. Everything you need to know is inside of you. But you're never going to discover it as long as you're overreacting. So just calm down. Just calm down. I'm a living witness. It will work itself out. It really will. God loves us. And he didn't need for us to be going through all this stuff. He doesn't want us to live a life of anger and insecure and doubt and worry and not knowing what you want to do in life. He doesn't want that. That's why he sent Christ. And Christ put everything back together. Everything is already in order, but because you're living in your anger and your darkness of your imagination, you don't know it. But it's already working. It's already worked out. And it's always working out for you. It really is. All right? But you got to forgive. you got to drop your anger. Forgive so that God can forgive you. He allow you to enter into this place that I'm talking about. 
and life will begin. I'll let you forgive mama and daddy and all these issues in your life. You will suffer forever, all in the name of Jesus. And it's a waste of time to be suffering for nothing. Amen. Isn't that true? Yes. So forgive so that God can forgive you, all right? And be sure to just learn to be still. I'm going to have to do, how did they know to do that? I'm going to have to do a part two next week. Because I made all these nice notes of issues that's happening that I wanted to remind you of. So tune in for part two of how did they know to do that? Thank you for tuning in. And thank you here. For more information, to purchase a copy of this program or to make a donation, visit us on the web at bondinfo.org or call 1-800-411-2663. That's 1-800-411-BOND. You're